Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is July the 2nd, 2022. Let's talk about the cruiserweight championship fight that just took place between Jay Obataya and Maris Bredis. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now what I'm going to do to start this video is to just give you my scorecard round by round. I want you to compare it with yours because this fight has a few wrinkles. Then we'll talk about what I saw, right? I gave the first round to Obataya. I gave the second round to Obataya. I gave the third round to Maris Bredis. I gave the fourth round to Obataya. And let me just say, and this was a bit striking, by the end of the fourth round, you understood that the challenger, the plus 200 or so, underdog, had the upper hand. He's dominating at the end of the fourth round. That's obvious when they come out for the fifth round. You see the damage on Breedus' face. You understand that Breedus cannot handle this young guy's timing and movement. Right? You understand that Breedus is starved for a pocket. The challenger here was in complete control. Fifth round to Obataya, sixth round to Obataya, right? Then things get complicated. Seventh round to Maris Breedis. We'll talk about what happened. Eighth round to Maris Breedis. Ninth round to Obataya. Tenth round, and this might be the most important round of the fight. Right for people who are looking for a way to beat Jay Obataya. Tenth round to Maris Breedis, big. We get to the eleventh round. Obataya is on his way to winning the eleventh round. Then we get to the last fifteen seconds or so of the eleventh round, and it's important. Maris Breedis makes a comeback. Now, it really depends on what kind of judge you are. I call the 11th round a draw. Arguments could be made for the draw. Arguments could be made for Obataya. Obataya. Arguments could be made for Breedis. The reason it's important is you get to the 12th round. And to me, it looks like Obataya has a broken jaw, right? Either has a broken jaw or the inside of his mouth is a bloody mess from some type of injury. He couldn't close his mouth. It looks like it affected him. Breedis, being one of boxing's better champions going into the fight, is loading up on power shots. He's leading with power shots. This fight is high-level 
from both sides. Breedis wins the 12th round. On my scorecard, he loses his title. Six and a half rounds to five and a half. I thought the fight was closer than the scorecards. But make no mistake, because of early dominance, because of a start where I gave Opataya five of the first six rounds, because of his charisma ring presence, right? I believe the decision is justified. Maris Breedis lost. This fight, to me, has a wider margin of victory than Alexander Usyk's victory over Breedis. Right? I congratulate the new champ. Let's talk about him. He is now a must point of discussion. This is a guy who has made quite the entrance. Let me just point out that before this fight, a few of you here online said, hey, what do you think about this fight? And I was hesitant, even though I'm a Maris Breedis fan, I was hesitant to make a call on the fight because I looked on film of Opataya, who, of course, was an Olympian as a teenager at 16 right in the 2012 Olympics. I looked on film of him and he looked scary to me, right? He looked like he had movement and timing. So I did not make a pre-fight video. Well, he delivered on the promise, right? Let's just say I'm sure a lot of gamblers were afraid to bet against this guy. Also, I looked at the odds and the odds on Opataya just weren't long enough for me to say, hey, I'm going to risk it by picking this guy against Maris Breedis. So understand, going into this fight, this is that athlete who you're looking on the film and you're thinking to yourself, wow, this guy moves well. Is this guy as good as he looks? Also, is this guy ready to face Maris Breedis? who going into this fight, let's remember Breedis' history. He beats Manuel Char, who at one point held a heavyweight title, right? He goes up to heavyweight, beats Manuel Char. Gave Usyk a much tougher fight, and I mean much tougher fight, than Anthony Joshua. And that, of course, was Breedis' only loss, right? Breedis also very rough and tumble which is hard on young fighters. I'm talking about coming out of clinches, holding. Go back and look at the Glowacki fight, right? Breedis is a guy, and he does some of the tactics here. Who, in clinches, is hitting you on the back of the head. In clinches, he has a forearm up, so your head's, you know, moving backwards. Uh, if you bend over, he'll put a forearm on the back of your head. Let's just say this guy knows shortcuts, that look innocent, but of course, a guy who is on the other end of getting his head pushed down knows those are stamina zapping techniques. Breedis is a master at all of them. So, he's in against a young guy in the young guy's backyard, and what should be apparent to everyone watching this film? 
is that Obatiah has a very high ceiling, right? This is not just a career performance, right? This is actually a guy who can pull this off time after time after time. I want folks to think about three things here. The guy's movement, the guy's timing, not a lot of missed shots. The guy's ability to keep a pocket from forming. It's a mobile pocket for the first half of the fight. Breedus does not get an opportunity to just sit down on his punches and to have a guy, even at odd angles, right in front of him. Let me also point out, too, that this guy, there's just more than what you're seeing. In other words, I'm watching the beginning of the fight, and I see the guy moving around, and I see the guy waving. He's a southpaw. I see the guy waving his right hand. And you think to yourself, man, you know, it's too bad this guy doesn't have a sledgehammer jab where he can just blast Maris Breedis from the opening bell, right? Because Breedis is trying to shorten the distance. I consider a sledgehammer jab, and let's mention his name because he needs to be mentioned. This is his division. A sledgehammer jab is what I call Lawrence O'Coley's jab. Well, just understand that later in the fight, you come to find out that Opataya has a sledgehammer jab. In other words, what you're seeing <laughs> in the first half of the fight, as the guy is winning most of the first half of the fight, is the tip of the iceberg. Now, let me just start out with the fact that Obataya has great legs. What do I mean by that? Right? He's in that rear air in boxing. Right? I'll name three guys with great legs. Devin Haney. Vasily Lomachenko. Caleb Plant. I would argue that this guy Opataya, remember the name, has great legs like those three and has a bigger punch than all three. Let me also say, too, that he's smart. He's old for his age. So he's in against Maris Breedis. I'm thinking, oh, he should be throwing a jab. Then I realize he's more advanced than that. He knows Breedis. Again, going into the fight, one of boxing's better champions is going to try to counter his jab. So he's waving his hand and he has a bounce. Right? The bounce is a rhythm that keeps Breedis outside. Breedis can't figure out when he has an opening to jump in to hit this guy. Right, folks, the bounce gives him charisma. 
This is the guy who is in there dominating the rhythm of the fight. You cannot find his upper body. You can't hit him in the head. The first half of the fight. He's moving around. He throws a jab when he needs to. He has an excellent straight left hand. Right? It's sneaky. It's direct. And of course, as a guy with great legs who focuses on movement, he's on the balls of his feet. Right? This is a early 80s era type fighter. Think Larry Holmes. Think Ray Leonard. He's on the balls of his feet and he's dancing around. Right? You understand he is going to win. Just off presence, timing, the fact that his opponent is perplexed, doesn't know how to create a pocket, doesn't know when to jump in and throw punches. This guy is going to win all of the slow rounds. Right? Let me uh, say too. Hold on. Hey, you can walk through. It's okay. Yeah, go for it. So, let me let me just say too. This guy has selective hand speed. Right? Understand. Opataya has blindingly fast hand speed, but you don't see it because he's selective with it. Again, a theme to this guy is there's more to the story. So he's moving around. He's not that high volume. But then you notice when he needs to, when he has an opening, that straight left comes fast. That jab actually packs a punch. He can lead with hooks. His timing is built in. Right? It doesn't have to be a sunny day for him to throw punches. This is not Anthony Joshua. Right? This is the guy who can throw any punch at any time. But that's not readily apparent. Now, the point is, once you figure out the guy's level of proficiency, and it took me until the end of the fourth round, once you see the guy, it's like solving a crime mystery. Suddenly you realize this is the dominant fighter in the ring. It certainly looked that way, folks. Heading into the fifth round against Maris Breedis. Right? Let me just say a couple of things. If I'm Opataya, I don't care how much money I'm offered. If the contract does not have a rematch clause, I never fight Maris Breedis again, right? I treat Maris Breedis like Ali treated George Foreman, right? One and done. Why? Because Breedis cracks the code, right? I'm just telling you, Breedis comes out in the seventh round and he figures out that he has to lead with power shots. He figures out that the guy has his straight punches timed. So Breedis then starts throwing hooks. Breedis has figured out the bounce. He knows when the guy comes over to Breedis's left side, Breedis needs to lead with the left hook. 
right? Breeders can't worry about combinations. This guy is too elusive. He's like water, right? He's too elusive. Rather, Breedis understands his only chance is to go for a home run, right? Load up on a shot. If he hits, Opatia whip it. Then, when Opatia is woozy, then leap in the pocket, right? Opatia slows down in the second half. He starts getting hit with shots. Breedis then starts throwing uppercuts, and they're effective. Opatia never quite figures out how to stop the Breedis uppercut, apart from moving, not having a stationary pocket, right? You also notice, too, that Breedis is able to land big shots. Now, don't be fooled by Opatia's facial expression, right? Guys get hit with big shots. They have poker faces, Right? You and I know in the real world, if you got hit with a shot like that, whatever the facial expression you have, your body's going to feel it. Your brain's going to be rattling around inside your head. So Breedis understands that he cannot bounce with Opatia. Right? Tried that in the first half of the fight, failed miserably. He has to be flat-footed. He just has to stalk. He just has to dispense with the jab and just throw lead hooks and uppercuts. Right? Go for home runs. There are a few times here where Breedis, again, he's fighting a stylus. He's fighting a slickster. Where Breedis throws home run shots and misses badly. Right? In a rematch, Breedis is going to do a David Hay or a Canelo. A move they do, both Hay and Canelo, is they'll throw what looks like a wild shot and miss you badly. So they can then throw the next shot behind the alleged missed shot to hurt you. Right? They throw it. Lennox Lewis used to talk about it. You throw a shot to see which way the guy goes. You make a mental note of it. Then you throw the shot. As the guy is moving where he went before, you have the next shot ready. Now, Breedis runs out of time in this fight. He's getting dominated by the end of the sixth round. The second half of the fight is his. But he can't close the show. Right? He has Opatia badly hurt at the end of the 10th round. He runs out of seconds. Right? Opatia has too big a lead. It took... Maris Breedis several rounds to realize he couldn't box with the guy. His only hope, and the guy hits hard. That's the other thing, too, right? Obataya, don't let the smooth taste fool you. To see how hard he, look, he hits, just look at Breedis' face. Just look at the fact that Maris Breedis is hesitant to bum rush the guy. 
right? So it's only when Opatia starts to tire and understand he's trying to do more than Maris Bredis. He's the one up on his toes. He's the one moving. He's the one preventing a mobile pocket from forming. He's on his back foot at times. He's the one trying to make sure he has a ring to back into. Right? He's spending more energy than Maris Breedis. But yet it's the guy in his late 30s who has more energy in the last few rounds of this fight. Right? Again, I gave the 7th, 8th, 10th rounds to Breedis and the 12th round. Right? I, I call the 11th round a draw. In other words... Breedis wins the majority of the rounds from the beginning of the seventh round. He loses the fight. Just understand for future opponents of Obataya, they might take the attitude of, gee, I cannot deal with this guy's bounce, this guy's youthful energy, this guy's selective power. The sting in this guy's punches. That's the other thing, too. There's several times in this fight where Breedis literally stops after getting hit. And you don't see that that often. Right? Breedis clearly couldn't handle this young guy with a full tank the first time around. The second time around, oh, might be a little different. If Breedis starts the fight realizing, okay, this guy's not going to stand in front of me. I just have to load up on hooks and try to pick my spots. Try to hurt him, then come in with power shots. Let's also talk about the elephant in the room. Right now, I do believe Opetaya beats Makabu the cruiserweight champ that Canelo wanted to fight. Right? Okoli, ooh, that's an interesting fight. Understand, Okoli has a great jab, but Okoli's an orthodox fighter who doesn't move as well as this guy. Right? Okoli's jab is not what I call a mobile jab. And Opatai is a southpaw who should be able to duck under the jab. Right, the Okoli, of course, is six five, much taller, almost half a foot taller than Obataya. Right, the key though with Okoli is he hits hard. He's the cruiserweight who, quite frankly, has a chance to be down the road heavyweight champion. Right, so, so I'll just say. Hold on one second. Let's see if I can get rid of this background music. So, in a fight against Okoli, Okoli had to be looking at this fight. Understand, a fight between Okoli and Opataya would be a unification match at Cruiser. Right? Okoli had to be looking at this fight and had to think to himself, if I can get this guy into the later rounds... And if I can start the second half of the fight earlier than Maris Breedis did, 
And if I can load up on power shots, maybe not throw the jab, but throw a left hook, would I have a chance to stop him? Right, the cruiserweight division, folks, has just gotten a lot more interesting. Understand, too, Obataya fought one of boxing's better champions. Let me say it the third or fourth time in this video. He's going to dominate against guys who don't have the ring IQ or punching power of Maris Breedis, right? Breedis can knock you out with one punch. I encourage people to look at the Breedis-Manuel Char fight. That's Breedis stopping a heavyweight, right? Char is out cold in that fight. Look at the end of that fight, right? Just understand, if you're not a Maris Breedis, you don't make the comeback Breedis did in this fight, right? You don't break or dislodge the jaw of Opataya, right? I think Opataya is here to stay. I think he's going to be tough competition for whoever comes at him at Cruiserweight, right? This is one of the premier movers, folks, in the sport, right? Understand, too, Breedis has a chin on him. Obataya landed some home run shots on Maris Breedis. Breedis, both of these guys, this was a battle of the poker faces. Both of these guys would get hit hard, and then they would look at you as if, you know, the wind blew on them or something like that, right? I think Obataya dominates at Cruiser. If I'm him, I stay away from Maris Breedis. You don't want a KG vet getting a rematch who dominated the last few rounds against you, right? Who left you bleeding at the mouth and swollen in the eye at the end of the fight, right? If I'm Opataya, I ask myself, do I want to fight Makabu? I think he wins that fight. Do I want to fight Okole? There it's a bit more uncertain. But make no mistake, the underdog here was world class, and he's now one of the cruiserweight champions. That's how I saw the fight. I'm guessing the scoring is going to be controversial. I looked at the judges' scorecards, and they were a bit wider than mine. Let me hear about yours. Get it while you can. I have posted a link to the fight in my favorites folder here on YouTube, right? Take a look at it before it gets taken down. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.